You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Ironman. I'm not doing this. I'm running about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Here we are. We're back into the matchups mode of the week. No Thanksgiving-type slate on Thursday. We're back to the regular standard one Thursday night game. The Cowboys and Saints, who did play on Turkey Day, will play again here. So they get a full week here to perform in Week 13, so we'll break down that game and then look at six other games. We have a 14-game slate for you, so we'll take seven of the games today on Matchup Wednesday, and that would leave seven for Matchup Thursday all the way through the Sunday night game and the Monday night game for you. The Broncos traveling to the Chiefs and the Patriots going to the Bills to close the week, but uh, we'll get to all those games, get in depth, look at everything you need to know from a fantasy football and gambling perspective here on this edition of Locked On Fantasy Football. Before we do that, thanks for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We are free and available to you on all platforms, and thanks again for listening and supporting the show. Time to break things down. Cowboys, Saints, a lot of things we're trying to navigate through in this game, and one of them was the situation with Amari Cooper. So let's start with the Cowboys here. COVID mini outbreak for Dallas, and we know That was going to cause a problem for some teams at this time of year, especially if there were some non-vaccinated players. And we're looking at you, Amari Cooper. You already missed two games for us. Missed the nice revenge game against the Raiders. That uh, could have been very helpful. So two games out for Amari Cooper. And it looks like he could be missing a third. So he has some effects still. We know COVID doesn't go away as easily, especially if you're not vaccinated. You're going to feel the effects and have trouble being out there. So... Just prepare for now that Amari Cooper is not going to play. We'll find out a little bit more if he can go, but keep that in mind. C.D. Lamb will return, however, from his concussion. So, see a lot of C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup in this particular matchup. They do have Marshawn Lattimore on the other side, but the Saints' uh, pass defense numbers have been pretty bad here overall, so they allow a lot downfield. The biggest thing is they don't allow a lot in the running game. They've suppressed, actually, the Buccaneers is the toughest team right now to run on. You can't really even do much in the passing game with your back. So that's a little disturbing for Ezekiel Elliott. They did talk about maybe sitting down Ezekiel here and giving uh, Tony Pollard more run in favor of Zeke. They've also kind of gone the other way where Jerry Jones has declared that they're going to give uh, Ezekiel Elliott a relentless workload. That he's practicing full here. He's had a whole week to rest here, but... We're not sure, and the matchup isn't great. I mean, still going to start Ezekiel Elliott, but drop him down into RB2 mode here this week. Tony Pollard, the matchup is really bad, so you can't go there this week, especially when knowing that Elliott is going to be involved. Last week, we mentioned that Tony Pollard could be a good play there. He came through, it was in usual way, because he did score on special teams, but he matched Zeke with the touchdown last week. But matchup not great. Temporary expectations for Elliott. If you've got comparable backs that you know are getting a big workload, say you lucked in and say Alexander Madison or Jamal Williams are there and you have them as an alternative in that game, the Vikings-Lions game, we'll talk about that game actually next, you could go there if you're really worried about Zeke. Let's hope that he actually lives up to what Jerry Jones said. But again, the matchup is tough, so 
Keep that in mind. He's too talented to sit, especially if he's in the lineup and he's starting. So keep that in mind. But you really have to have a good alternative to go in that direction here. So no Pollard. We're not extending to him. Elliott drops RB2. I think between CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup, especially if Cooper doesn't play Gallup, we'll have another big game. It probably hurts the value of Cedric Wilson here, and it probably will hurt the value of Dalton Schultz. The Saints have actually been pretty good against the tight end. So teams that usually are good against the run usually have the elements to be good against the tight end with their safety and linebacker play. The Saints are one of those teams that qualify. Those are two reliable numbers. Uh, pro tip here in fantasy football. The points against, there's the least volatility when it comes to the running back and tight end numbers here. So wide receivers, quarterbacks, passing game, that can all be different there from week to week based on the coverage looks. But certain teams just are built to cover the tight end better in the middle of the field. Some are not. And the Saints are one of those really strong teams against the tight end. So when I'm looking at this situation, if Cooper's out, I like uh, CeeDee Lamb as a wide receiver one. I like Michael Gallup as a wide receiver two. I would pivot away from Schultz and uh, drop him out of the tight end ones this week and go to tight end two. If Cooper plays, he could be the guy that sees Lattimore, and that could actually keep the value up there for the other two receivers here. But figure more passing volume from Dak Prescott in this game. They're going to have to do that, try to jump on the Saints, try to render them one-dimensional with their situation here this week. Now, Cowboys defense, you could play them. They're getting Taysom Hill. So Taysom Hill kind of changes things up where he's not going to take as many chances and throwing with Trevor Simeon and the sacks may not be as available. But we have to watch here the Saints offensive line. They've been missing some key pieces here all the time with their offensive tackles. And those two guys look like they're going to be out again. We thought Ryan Ramsey could return at right tackle with a knee injury, but Taron Armstead with his knee at left tackle is looking out here, according to the latest report here. We do know, however, that Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram with their knee injuries are going to return, and Taysom Hill is going to start over Trevor Simeon in this one. So if Taysom Hill starting immediately takes you out of the running to play any of these receivers, Marquez Callaway, Traquan Smith, Deontay Harris, not feeling it with any of these guys here this week. Taysom is going to lead a run-heavy game charge, especially with Kamara and Ingram good to go here. So that's what the Saints are going to do. They're going to try to grind this game, shorten it, play ball control, short passing. We know Taysom Hill does have a strong arm, and I think he'll stretch it a little bit. So that actually could help Callaway more so than... Uh, Smith. Smith has been more of a short area receiver for this team. So if you're going to go with anyone you're desperate there, you can go Callaway. We know Trayvon Diggs has been very good for the Cowboys, but he can be burned from big plays from time to time. And you know the Saints are going to draw in the Cowboys, make them defend Hill, and maybe open up a few deep shots, but still not expecting a lot in this passing game. So expecting Hill and Kamara, maybe you'll have some situations where Hill, Kamara, and Ingram are on the field together. Hill's values can sometimes hurt Kamara because he's a guy that can score in the red zone. We've seen that with Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey. But Taysom, I think, just based on the running alone with the high floor, if you need him as a back-end QB2 that could be a QB1 this week, Hill has that potential. Always can score on the ground again. Always has a big enough arm to make one or two plays in the passing game playing off the run to uh, help his stats there. So, again, if you're really desperate, you could do a lot worse than uh, plugging in Taysom Hill. I like him better than, say, Justin Fields this week if you're really forcing that issue. I mean, he could be a poor man's Jalen Hurts. And we've seen that before with his production for the Saints as a QB1. So, again, Hill is definitely usable. Kamara locked in as an RB2. I'm going to temper my expectations there because the Cowboys are pretty good against the run. We know last week a bit of anomaly with Josh Jacobs going off against them at home. 
Here, this one's on the road. Kamara back on the fast track. He's missed a few weeks. Should have some fresh legs, fully healthy here with his knee. So, Kamara and Hill are really where you can go in the Saints offense. I'm not going to extend Ingram or Tony Jones Jr., partly because of Ingram. Having Tony Jones Jr. behind him as well, I think that really hurts his value there as a, the straight-up backup here for Kamara. So Kamara and Hill, wide receivers at your own risk. You can't start anything at tight end, and you can't start the defense here. Even though they're at home, we saw what happened last week against a very potent offense. Here in New Orleans against the Bills, it just was pretty ugly for that Saints defense. Kind of coming unraveling here, and that's why they're trying to change up the offense, play ball control, help, and uh, maybe... Hill can run a little bit more, cut down on the turnovers, a little bit conservative game plan, but also be effective there with some misdirection and uh, running quarterback to account for and uh, change the way that the Cowboys approach defense here with Dan Quinn, who will be acting as their head coach this week as well with uh, Mike McCarthy on the shelf. So a lot of uh, factors being played out in this game. We'll see how it plays uh, out, but do like the Cowboys uh, passing game quite a bit and the Saints running game, and that's how you kind of break it down here in the simplest form. The Cowboys are four and a half point favorites. I think the Saints could keep it close with that running game. And a 47 and a half is the over-under. So not bad with the total, but I think a lot of it is going to fall on the Cowboys' production as expected based on this number. All right, Vikings-Lions, we talked about that. This is the backup running back bowl. Let's start with the Vikings here. The road team, Kirk Cousins, very good matchup for him and his receivers, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. If you need to extend to Tyler Conklin at tight end, he has a chance to score a touchdown this week, especially with the red zone situation. A little bit compromised without Dalvin Cook. He'll miss probably two games at least with a labrum issue there, shoulder injury. He suffered against the 49ers, had to come out of the game, had to be carted off the field there. So when a guy's carted off the field, you're pretty much guaranteed that he's not going to play the following week, but it looks like Cook is going to be out two weeks here. So let's look at... Uh, Kirk Cousins, he's going to have to put it up a little bit more again. There's no one that can cover Jefferson. Thielen Jefferson comes in as a wide receiver one. I think Thielen, Thielen right behind him. And really, the touchdowns could make them both wide receiver one, with Thielen being the bigger scoring threat than Jefferson. But good game overall for those receivers. That means Kirk Cousins is an excellent play. Once again, he's been pretty solid as a QB one for most of the season. Alexander Madison plug and play for Dalvin Cook. But just be wary. They could make it a little bit more of a committee than you think if Madison struggles a little bit. The lines are pretty bad against the run, and they've been uh, gashed rather easily by some teams of late, including um, the Steelers, the Eagles, those teams have really pounded the Lions, uh, so Madison should have good success here with 20 plus touches in the game, so easy plug and play. He's got RB2 consistency, but RB1 upside this week based on the matchup here for the Vikings. So again, Conklin playing off the running game could have a cheap touchdown here. Lions have been decent against the tight end, but they've actually gone down in that category, so and got him on the Vikings, pretty much try to start them with the exception of Cook, who won't be playing, and we're not going to KJ Osborne or any other receiver there. You can also play the Vikings defense, good streamer. Lions have been uh, playing some tight games of late, but still not scoring a lot here at all. I mean, you look at the Steelers, Browns, and Bears results, still scoring under 20 points. I don't see that improving here. They do have one good source of offense, however. The Vikings run defense has kind of fallen apart. You were going to see a lot of Jamal Williams in this one. Uh, another guy with a shoulder injury in this game, the running back, is DeAndre Swift. Yeah, they gave him a ton of carries, kind of broke down here. So Swift is going to be out for this one. So Jamal Williams, very capable, has seen the Vikings plenty of times in the same division, playing for the Packers. So, you know, the Vikings run defense is falling apart. We know Dan Campbell, since kind of taking over more of the influence on the offense, has been pounding the ball a lot more. So Williams is capable of doing that. He's a little bit bigger back. 
there. You'll do have Jamar Jefferson for a little bit of a change of pace to help with that behind him. But Williams should still do the majority of the work, and he's going to get dedicated work here for sure in this game. And he's also a decent pass catcher. So if they get behind, they can use him in that role as well and uh, pad his stats that way with a chance for a touchdown. Now, TJ Hawkinson, you just got to play. I mean, it's not the greatest matchup here with some of the safety linebacker play the Vikings have. But he did come through last week and did score with uh, – there, so we we do know that uh, there's something to look forward to with Hawkinson there to only get better, and again, hopefully he keeps it up here this week. There, now Josh Reynolds, we're not going to extend him. The Vikings secondary is a mess, and he seems like the best, most reliable receiver reuniting with Goff from the Rams, but not going to go there. Just stick with Hawkinson and whoever's carrying the ball primarily for the Lions. That would be Williams this week in this matchup. All right, that breaks down the Cowboys Saints, Vikings Lions. So. Uh, Three of the teams have played on Thanksgiving, one playing on Sunday, the other two playing on Thursday. We'll break down the rest of the games here for you for the front half of Week 13 and the rest of the show. But I do have to remind you about Bet Online that has you covered for all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action of the season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKED ON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. All right, so we will continue breaking down the games here. We'll talk about five more games all the way through the Chargers-Bengals uh, matinee there on Sunday, but we'll keep looking at Sunday's early window games. Thanks again for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, Cardinals and Bears. Oh, my. So we are now getting to a third team we'll talk about in the NFC North. That's all the teams playing in the NFC North this week. The Packers are on a bye, so we're navigating through that. Cardinals, 7.5-point favorites, 45.5 is the over-under. When you look at that number with Arizona going to the road in Chicago, you're looking at uh, Kyler Murray returning. That's why that number's that big. If it's Colt McCoy on the road, we're probably not going to see it that high, maybe around 4.5, maybe 3.5 if it's McCoy. But Kyler Murray, we're pretty confident he's returning here from the ankle injury. He's had plenty of time to rest it. They had a bye week last week, so he should be good to go. And whoever's healthy for him at wide receiver, they should be very effective. Now, DeAndre Hopkins, if he goes, he probably will see Jalen Johnson, who's the Bears' best corner. But if Kendall Valor and these other really bad corners, whether it's slot on the outside, that the, the Cardinals can navigate through. So if Hopkins is in there, they can move around, have him be effective. He's probably less likely to play here than Murray. Murray should be a full go here with the ankle. But the hamstring has been nagging, and it's an issue there for Hopkins, remember, he came back and tried to play in a game, and he aggravated it, so that was a problem as well. So it may have become a longer injury than first anticipated because of that scenario. So we'll see how it plays out. But I really like Christian Kirk in this game. If Hopkins plays, it's even better because you figure Johnson is going to try to shadow Hopkins and give Kirk a real opportunity to work on the other corners here. So A.J. Green, they could involve him a little bit more. Zach Ertz has also got a tough matchup as the tight end there in the Bears coverage. So it should scream wide receiver game. Maybe it'll involve a little bit of Rondell Moore. If you're really desperate, deep league flex, you can look at Rondell Moore there to play him. But I really like Christian Kirk here as a wide receiver three with some upside. If Hopkins plays, he's in your lineup. But 
maybe treat him more as a wide receiver too. I mean, the numbers would merit that. The injury would say that. And the potential matchup here also says that. So A.J. Green, a bit of a dark throw. His usage from week to week is hard to predict here. I think Moore is going to be more involved. So that's probably going to cut into Green again like it did early in the season. And Kirk, again, should be rather effective as a wide receiver three with a wide receiver two upside this week. Ertz, I'm going to try to avoid it. You might be stuck playing him, but the Bears, again, by the numbers, it's not a good matchup for the tight ends. And you can play the Cardinals defense. Good spot to rebound here. We'll see what happens with the Bears offense. Is Andy Dalton going to return as a starting quarterback, or are they going to go with Justin Fields, or is Ribs good enough to play? So a little bit of mystery there. Andy Dalton did play rather well against the Lions, but this is a much tougher matchup here at home. The Cardinals pass rush is pretty good here, leading the charge. Uh, they have decent secondary guys as well. So Andy Dalton or Justin Fields, you can't trust too much in the Bears passing game. Really, we'll see if Allen Robinson can return from his hamstring injury, like uh, DeAndre Hopkins, something we're monitoring there. But you might uh, be slowed down again. They did play last week, and he hadn't had a chance there to uh, get a bye to really heal. So it could really uh, trend here toward uh, more of Darnell Mooney. Mooney's the man. He's just doing it. I mean, it's uh, Big week after big week he's had here of late as the Bears clear cut number one. He's going to be that guy next year when the Robinson walks in free agency. So already getting a jump in on that. And uh, it doesn't matter if it's Dalton or Fields. They love Mooney and what he can do. And he's just been a dynamic player. Now, David Montgomery's there. I'm not thrilled about uh, David Montgomery, but it could be uh, a little bit of a grind here for Monty this week. The Cardinals are pretty decent against the run, but by volume alone, he's a good play here for the Bears. So really Montgomery and Mooney, you can't really extend to Cole Komet. The Cardinals are actually the number one tight end defense in the NFL. So it's not going to work out. They just don't target Komet enough anyway. So Mooney and Montgomery, the DMs, uh, slide into the DMs. Uh, don't go anywhere else here for the Bears in this game. And you can't start their defense. I know Kyler's got the ankle injury and the offensive line can give up some sacks. But I think you look at the Cardinals, they're also going to get it done on the ground with James Conner in this one. So sneaky stack this week. James Conner and the Cardinals defense, if you're looking at DFS, I don't expect Jesse Edmonds to uh, be back for a while here. So Conner in a really good spot here to smash it, and the game script should really favor that running game as well. So, yeah, good spot for Conner to stay hot here. Coming off the bye, well-rested. They'll definitely ride him well in this nice power running game down the stretch. All right, let's turn to the Bucks falcons game. This one is in Atlanta, so in controlled environment, uh, again, like the Saints and Lions game. So let's uh, look at this. Minus 11, the spread is up to 50.5 is the over. That's the number we're looking for. Number over 50 for some pointage and scoring overall. So let's look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Antonio Brown has a good chance to return, according to multiple reports here. So that would change the game for Tom Brady. Think Tom Brady, the numbers, you can probably correlate the numbers to Brown being out. Because what Brown does is he helps stretch the field. So you can get the big plays for Brady. Teams are also playing the zone coverage, but Brown changed the game here because then you're stuck between Brown and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. It makes them a lot harder to defend, especially when Rob Gronkowski is doing big damage down the seam, which he's done the past two weeks returning from his back spasm. So really the Bucks are a rollout team this week. Start them if you've got them. So Tom Brady, I think he could be the top QB on the entire board in this matchup. He destroys the Falcons. We know that um, going back to the Super Bowl. So... He's had a lot of success against his team. So Brady, especially Brown's in there, and now Gronk is balling out. You could see a Brady game. Last week was the Leonard Fournette game, and we love Leonard Fournette. Had the four touchdowns last week. 
He's not going anywhere as the workhorse of this team, getting 20 touches, and the game script says he could be busy here in the second half. But this is one of those games where I think Brady finally gets on track, like we saw before the Bears game, where he just lights the team up. He's been waiting for A.B. to be out there, so A.B. goes in right away as a wide receiver, too. Mike Evans, a little bit uh, TD-dependent and big play-dependent as a wide receiver, too. Chris Godwin should see his volume restored here with Gronkowski, who just kind of took over and went off last week there in the matchup, so... Really, Brady's due for those games. I mean, he's rather quiet against the Giants, rather quiet against the Colts. A lot of it tied with Fournette and uh, doing a little bit more of the scoring, Ronald Jones, too. But, again, we know there's always regression to the mean, whether it's positive or negative. He's got 30 touchdown passes. He leads the NFL. It's time to get that number up, and I think Brown is a difference maker in that role. So look for Brown to play. That's going to help Evans and Godwin in their production get attention. The Falcons do like to uh, protect against the big play as well, but... Look, the Bucks completely different offense when they have that third elite receiver. And that's what Brown is. I mean, he's back to what he was before. So let's hope he's in there. Again, all those guys are wide receiver twos with a big-time upside here with Brady in this particular matchup against the really bad Falcons secondary overall. And Gronkowski, Gronk smash, Gronk play. Gronk is locked in as a tight end one once again. The Bucks defense, we said to play him if you got him. So Brady, Fournette, Evans, Godwin, Brown, Gronk. And the Bucks D all can go here. So if you need Ryan Suckup, you can go. There were in, indoor kicking as well for him in this great matchup. So, yeah, well, this is the time of the year the Bucks really turned it on last year to a surge in the playoffs, and we know what happened from there. Going on the road and then winning the Super Bowl. So their team is going to show up in juggernaut mode here this week. And the Falcons can try to do their best to keep up, keep up here. So when I say that, that's favorable to Matt Ryan. There could be some sacks and turnovers for Matt Ryan, but... You look at the volume. Kyle Pitts had a massive game against the Buccaneers the first time around. You have Russell Gage. If you really need him as a wide receiver three or flex in deeper leagues, you could go there. I look at Pitts. I think he'll bounce back nicely as a tight end one this week. So the Bucs are just going to let uh, the Falcons move the ball down, up and down here. You have Corderell Patterson as a intriguing weapon here. So if he's shut down a little bit in the traditional running game, the Bucs can give up numbers there through the passing game. And we know that Patterson is a versatile hybrid here. So they'll get him involved as usual. Work to the backs, work to pits, spread around at wide receiver. And uh, Matt Ryan can put up some good garbage totals here, trying to play catch up and uh, playing behind Brady here for much of the second half. All right, that takes care of two more games on the schedule. We still have three more to talk about here from the early games of week number 13. They're all 1 p.m. Eastern time games. We'll transition slowly to the other games in the late afternoon and the primetime uh, closers there on Sunday Monday Night Football on the next show. But I do have to tell you, this holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, even better than a candy bar. It's called Built Bar, filled with so many holiday goodness things for you, rich and decadent with flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy, so many flavors. You'll have a hard time choosing, really. Will you have raspberry mint brownie, cherry double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie? Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw one in your jacket or purse, and you never know when you're going to need it. Because it's the season of peace of love. Don't bring up your favorite Built Bar flavor at family parties. People are so passionate about their favorite flavor, they'll fight for it, and things could get out of hand. Your friends with Santa, well, let 
to tell Santa to throw a few Bilt Bars in those stockings. With so many flavors, they'd make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. Want to cozy up with something warm? Here's Holiday's secret. Dip your Bilt Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa, let it melt a little, and give your beverage a bit of that Bilt Bar flavor. Plus, you have a nice, melty Bilt Bar to go with it, so be sure to have a couple napkins on hand. And like some of those marshmallow treats around the holidays, you need to get your hands on Bilt Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, and marshmallow through and through. Different flavors all covered in chocolate. Tastes so good, you won't believe that they're filled with protein. Now, you got to get in on Bilt Bar. This is the only way... To do it, go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, it's time to close the show with three more matchups here from the early side of games here for week 13. Let's go to Houston, where the Colts travel to play the Texans. The Colts are nine point road favorites here. 45.5 is the standing over under, so. A little lower scoring than we would like, but let's get to the Colts here. We know who's the smash guy, Jonathan Taylor. Plug him and play him. He still came through. It took him a while against the Buccaneers in that tough run defense, but second half, started getting downhill, started putting up the numbers. Weren't spectacular, but given the level of uh, difficulty of that game, it was a very strong game for Jonathan Taylor. So he goes back to Jonathan Taylor destruction mode, probably with multiple touchdowns, easily, again, over 100 yards in scrimmage. There, so really, Jonathan Taylor show, get him in all your lineups, RB1, smash it uh, all over uh, DFS as well. You definitely want a good share of him in cash games, especially this week. Now, where else do you go in the Colts offense? The bigger question. Carson Wentz was dealing against the Buccaneers. There were some uh, turnovers there, but I think Wentz will get going again. And this time, I think he'll do it with more Michael Pittman Jr. Last week, T.Y. Hilton probably stole a touchdown, but Pittman, the type that he scores, Pittman was rather quiet. He's been rather quiet for a couple straight weeks, but this is a week where I think Pittman gets going, and he could easily be a red zone threat. They need to get him going. The Texans secondary doesn't have much here, so again, you'll see some throws to Pittman. They're also very comfortable with Jack Doyle all over the field in the red zone. Doyle has been very consistent, so I like Pittman and Doyle. I'm not going to extend to Hilton this week. I know Hilton has a great history against the Texans, but he just looked a bit pedestrian last week. Wasn't really stretching the field. Wasn't looking all that good. They did pivot to Ashton Doolin for a big play, so he might be the big play threat. But Pittman, they know they need to get him more involved and effective. So playing off the run here with John Taylor and RB1, I think Pittman rebounds as a wide receiver too for sure in this game. And you look at Jack Doyle, very playable as a tight end uh, back end there as a good scorer here. He's back. Working with Carson Wentz, a little bit of Zach Ertz type chemistry starting to develop between Doyle and Wentz. Remember, Doyle was battling some injuries early in the season, played through it. Mo Ali Cox was a preferred guy, but Doyle really come through. He's on the field also because he's an amazing blocker here for Jonathan Taylor, and that helps as well. So, again, we told you about the correlation between run defense and tight end defense. Well, there's a correlation between rushing offense and tight end offense, and there's that here for the combination of, of Taylor Doyle. So Taylor Doyle, Pittman, if you need Carson Wentz again, you can certainly play him. He was a strong streamer last week, and the matchup is very beautiful this week. You can also play the Colts' defense in this one. Texans, I'm going to be very wary of playing any Texan still that isn't Brandon Cooks. You might hear some Tyrod Taylor recommendations, but there's been some good matchups for Tyrod Taylor for multiple weeks. We haven't seen much because, again, they don't have much around him. This line is crumbling. This running game is down to David Johnson and Rex Burkhead now with uh, Philip Lindsay and Mark Ingram gone. The results haven't been great. This offensive line's not playing all that well. Taylor's touchdown and running dependent for his own production here. So 
No, I'm going to always trust Brandon Cooks. He can work underneath that zone defense, have another good game like he did last week. Big play touchdown there against the Jets. But that's it. That's where I'm going with the Texans and avoiding everything else. Colts principles will come through. We want Pittman to rebound. I think he'll come to, come through here and join in the fun with Wentz, Doyle, and Taylor this week. All right, let's uh, turn to the next game, the Eagles-Jets. This one could be a bit ugly, folks. Six and a half is the spread in favor of the visiting Eagles. Actually, the Eagles are playing exactly where they were last week. MetLife Stadium, uh, they lost to the Giants, so they're hoping for a much better result. They get a slightly worse opponent this week. I think Jets are a worse team in many ways than the Giants. So let's uh, start with the Eagles here. Jalen Hurts, good rebound spot. They'll probably go run heavy again, but Jalen Hurts is a big part of what they do there, and he can score, and I think this is a good rebound game for Dallas Goddard again. Jets' run defense is terrible. They also can't cover the tight end. There were some missed throws from Jalen Hurts to Goddard last week. Overcorrection, the tight end gets involved, and I think he's going to find Pater in the end zone. Finally, you want some more out of Goddard. This should be happening. He's open. It's just a lack of quarterback play and commitment to getting the ball to him. I think that changes here this week. So Dallas Goddard, stick with him. I think he's a good DFS play. Everyone's going to be off him after the one-catch, zero-yard performance last week against the Giants. A terrible clunker there, but he's too good, too talented, where the Eagles need to say, he needs to be a big part of the offense. We're going to look to him in the right spots and come through here. There, so Hertz should be fine running and getting it done. Devonta Smith also has a really good matchup here for them in the passing game. You can bet he's going to trust Devonta Smith and Goddard a lot more after the mess with Jalen Rieger dropping a key passes there. That could have turned the Eagles' loss into a victory last week, so they're going to trust the principles here. So Smith, I really like his wide receiver. Three is upside. Dallas Goddard is back in tight end. Hertz still a QB... One, I know last week was pretty ugly against the Giants, but don't send him down. I think he'll still be effective here. He's had a high floor and a pretty good ceiling for most of the season. So I think that continues here this week. He'll find the end zone, probably have another 60, 80 rushing yards here for him. So, yeah, you can book that in. That's already 14 points for you right there and building from that. That's a pretty high floor in fantasy. Now, who's going to run the ball with Jalen Hurts? We'll see. Miles Sanders has a bit of an ankle re-injury there, so we'll have to see. If he can go, we know uh, Jordan Howard is going to probably miss more time with his ankle injury. Kenley Gainwell is still a rookie that they don't trust in a lot of roles unless there's a negative game script and they have to throw quite a bit, which happened last week. They were trailing and trying to catch up in the game, couldn't quite finish the job against the Giants. So Boston Scott can be extremely busy if Sanders is banged up. Boston Scott's proved to be more than like a scat back. He can score in the red zone, has some power running cap- capabilities here. That's why they went with him in the early downs there. They prefer Howard to that role, but Scott is a little bit more versatile, and it can still get the job done. So if Boston Scott's in there, this is the number one matchup for running backs this season. Really good. You can have a cheating with Boston Scott to get an RB2 with RB1 upside should Sanders miss the game here this week. So a lot of that going on. We've talked about uh, Alexander Madison there for the Vikings and uh, Jamal Williams. So Boston Scott could also have a similar effect in the there's one more of those type of players we'll talk about on tomorrow's show as we break down later games. But yeah, Scott really could have a nice, nice role in this game should Sanders miss it. And you look at it last week, Sanders actually got fewer snaps than Scott when both were healthy. The ankle late did not help Sanders. And they could just be careful with him. And maybe they just like Boston Scott a little bit more in what he's done in this offense here with uh, Nick Sirianni. Again, remember Miles Sanders' holdover from the previous coaching staff. So. They like Sanders, but I think they like Boston Scott, the finishing ability, a little bit more explosiveness really right now when you look at those two backs at this very moment uh, in their states of health. 
And you can definitely look at the Eagles' defense in this one. The Jets, Zach Wilson, still a mess. It's uh, trying to figure out things in offense. Corey Davis will try to return from the growing injury, but I don't love the matchup at all with Darius Slay on the other side. So good night, uh, Corey Davis. Elijah Moore I like in every game. The Eagles play zone defense, a lot of short passes, quick underneath throws there. They don't really use the tight end as much. So Jameson Crowder, hard to trust. He just disappeared here. Other receivers, Braxton Berrios. So still it's Moore as a short area guy. Ryan Griffin definitely has a good matchup, but you can't trust him at tight end at all with Zach Wilson. He hasn't really thrown too much to the tight end. And running back, what do you do here? Good luck here between Austin Walter, Ty Johnson, and Tevin Coleman. You can't really go there. So really the only Jet that I feel somewhat comfortable about playing this week in this matchup at home is Elijah Moore, the rookie there, can get it done. But everyone else uh, kind of pumped the brakes on. But I think rebound game big time for Smith, Goddard, and Hurts on the other side. And watch for the Scott role here uh, should uh, Sanders have to miss the game or limit it or see a little bit more of a reduced workload with that injury here this week. Finally, let's go to the Chargers-Bengals game. Again, this is only seven of the matchups as we wrap up here. We do have to break down seven more of these games all the way through Sunday Night Football, Monday Night Football. We'll do that tomorrow's show. Chargers-Bengals. I like this game for the early window. Probably the best overall exciting game for the early window. The Bengals are only three-point favorites, so basically home field advantage. Pick them here. 50.5 is the over-under. So let's start with uh, Justin Herbert. I mean, the Bengals are a vulnerable defense in some areas. They're pretty up and down. We've seen them shut down some teams, but they also can be burned for some big, big numbers. So I think Justin Herbert can take care of that. I mean, they're not going to run all that well, so I think it's a passing team. So Keenan Allen really comes in as a wide receiver one this week. Austin Eckler can smash it. Out of the backfield with his receiving as an RB1. You do have Mike Williams. I think he has capacity to do things here. The Bengals secondary still has a lot of holes here between Mike Hilton and Eli Apple. I know some of those guys are making plays, but really, that's pretty overmatched secondary in this one with Allen and Williams. So I do love Allen a lot, the way the Bengals play defense. I think it opens up for Allen all over the field. Williams, a deep threat and a scoring threat in this one, can get it done that way. I think Allen gets it done more so with the reception yardage. Well, Williams is going to try to get it done with a big play or a score here for Justin Herbert. So the principles there, I think I put Mike Williams more as a wide receiver two. Allen is a tight end one. Eckler will roll it against the Bengals with his unique role here. Justin Herbert putting it all together is a very strong QB one this week in this matchup because he's going to have to throw a lot. The Bengals can really take control of this game. And with Joe Burrow, that's going to make Justin Herbert play catch up and throw it up quite a bit in this one uh, for the Bengals, Chargers here. So avoiding both defenses with these two talented second-year first-round quarterbacks in the game. On the Bengals side of things, you're going to play Jamar Chase. You feel okay about it, but they are playing the zone defense, taking really big plays from Jamar Chase. So he's got to do it more in grinding mode, more in uh, volume and touchdown mode. But the good news for him here is that it's a really tough matchup, I think, for T against and Tyler Boyd on the outside of the slot. So that's going to help Chase. Chase stays in your lineup, but you just have to keep in mind this Chargers secondary is really darn good. They've really cut down the numbers for opposing wide receivers and really quarterbacks. So you can't really feel great about Joe Burrow. He's come back from the bye against the Raiders and Steelers. He hasn't had to do much. They haven't thrown the ball a lot, and teams are protecting against that big play and forcing him aggressively downfield. So what they've done is pivot to Joe Mixon. And it also helps that uh, you got a really bad run defense in the Raiders two weeks ago. The Steelers are a mess now. Guess what team is just as bad against the run? It is the Chargers. So... That's good news there, and we told you about that running game, tight end correlation here. So if someone comes through 
here for Joe Burrow. If he's going to get a couple touchdowns, I think they come to Jamar Chase and C.J. Uzama. But I think you can do better than Joe Burrow. I think he falls out of the top 12 this week, especially with Joe Mixon having a bigger role and Chargers' run defense being absolutely putrid. So Mixon can pound home the victory, especially the Bengals' defense plays okay in reality. Again, not a fantasy defense I'm going to trust against Herbert, even though Herbert did have some interception woes and uh, issues there protecting the ball there against the Broncos on the road last week. Again, Cincinnati defense has enough holes here to help the Chargers wide receivers. And Herbert can have another big game throwing uh, yardage-wise, but I think he can clean it up a little bit for this week and uh, still end up as a really top uh, QB1, as he's been all season for the most part, even with some uh, volatile, questionable games here at times and making some big mistakes here for the Chargers. So, again... Bengals more run heavy in this game. Chargers more uh, pass happy in this game. That's how you kind of have to play it and navigate through here where you want more exposure with the Chargers passing game and more reigning in the Bengals passing game with a lot of mix in this week. And I do like the Bengals to win this game. At home, it's a tough road trip for sure going across the country for Los Angeles here. And two former Sean McVay assistants. So it should be a pretty good duel here between Brandon Staley and Zach Taylor. All right, there's your uh, look at uh, the t- first seven matchups here of Week 13 for fantasy football from a reality and fantasy football perspective, including betting here. So we like to break it all down for you in full. Thanks for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Again, don't forget his matchup Thursday. We'll get through a lot of the good action there in the back end all the way through 49ers, Seahawks, the Broncos, Chiefs, and Patriots Bills. So a lot of marquee games to talk about and what you should do in fantasy football with those, what you want to learn about is betting here on the network. So you got to make your second listen, Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with the expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available to you, like this show, on all platforms. For Locked on Fantasy Football, this is Mimi Iyer. Good luck in uh, figuring out uh, your matchups here ahead of uh, week 13. And we'll come back tomorrow and break it all down for you again for the back half games on Matchup Thursday.